There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Enjoy. Thanks. The order breakfast at the McDonald's drive-thru. Tell yourself you'll wait to eat it at work, but it smells way too good. So you eat it right there in the McDonald's parking lot meal. There's a meal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, get any size iced coffee for 99 cents until 11 a.m. And pair it with your favorite breakfast sandwich or one of our tasty bakery treats. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. All right, folks. Welcome back to the channel. So we have a special treat on this Wednesday evening because... I am joined on the line by Ross Goodwin, the guy who runs Boy Analytics on Twitter. Ross, how are you getting on? Uh, I'm getting on great, Ender. Thanks for having me on. Looking forward to it. So again, you're one of the many people who's involved in the analytics community when it comes to Celtic. I think it's starting to grow grow a little bit. What got you into the analytical side of things? Well, I'd originally not really been involved in it much in the past year, few years, but I've done data at like university and things like that, and I was looking for maybe a new hobby to start up and I've always followed Celtic well, first uh, well since I was young so I'd been listening to like the huddle breakdown and started getting into data a bit more and I decided to, uh, to go and get my own Scout account and start uh, making my own content so yeah really end on the Juco and Alan really uh, the inspiration for it originally so yeah very happy I joined the kind of data and Celtic community uh, on Twitter been a great experience so far I'll take 20% of any earnings that you get in the future for <laughs> getting you into it. So what we're going to be doing is essentially looking at Celtic squad at the minute, because I've spoken about it multiple times. We're in, in for a worrying enough period because the spine of the squad is going to be gone. It's not obviously Christopher Iyer is still there and there's not many rumors picking up that he's going to be leaving anytime soon, but I it's, it's only before time that he will leave. So we're going to be talking about Christopher Iyer, Scott Brown, and Odson Edward, the three positions that they're going to leave. And you've been doing a lot of scouting on your boy analytics page in terms of players who could potentially come in and be good replacements, but also value for money as well, because that's one of the key keystones off the analytical side is finding value in the market. So I guess, will we start with the back to the front and go with the replacement you think would be good for Chris Ryer at center back? Um, yeah. Sure. So uh, th- I did this uh, small scouting report on this player quite a while back for the Twitter page. 
Uh, but he'll be a lot more familiar to people in Scotland now, I'd imagine. And that is uh, Offrey Arad of uh, Maccabi Haifa. Uh, he actually just made his competitive international debut for Israel against Scotland the other night and put in a very good shift. I think uh, most people have noted that Israel's defence were pretty much untroubled and looked quite comfortable in the ball. I think he was a big part of that. Um, he would have 100% successful defensive duels, four out of six aerial duels. Um, he was also involved in a lot of forward passes and had a high, higher percentage passing average than usual. So as a centre-back, he's quite an interesting one. He plays his right centre-back for Maccabi uh, Haifa, who are top of the league in Israel and have conceded the least amount of goals. Um, he would have probably been playing in Europa League with them if it hadn't been for a very unfortunate draw, which saw them play against Spurs uh, earlier on this season, which is maybe quite an unfair tie for a team like Maccabi Haifa to come up against at that, that stage in this competition. But no, he plays his right centre back. But he has—he's very versatile. He can play. He's played at the left centre back role this season as well, much like Ayer has been a right-footed um, centre back playing on the left side. So he can play across the, the back two positions. Uh, also against Israel, we've seen his versatility again, playing as the left centre back in the back three. So this is the kind of player we want at Celtic. We want players that can play across those back three positions uh, with ease and comfort, much like Christoph Ayer. Um, I've also tried to kind of match him up kind of especially on the ball with Crystal Fires I feel like it's going to be quite a big loss if we lose quite a lot of ball progression mm. so centre-backs like uh, Chris Iyer like, I've done some radars with him where I put him and compare him to the top five leagues in Europe in terms of like um, progressive runs he goes off the scale because he has more than anyone else so Ofri Arad is clearly not going to be progressing the ball quite like him but he does actually progress it a lot more than um, players like Julian and Welsh uh, he's got 1.64 progressive runs per 90 minutes I mean it's a lot lower than Ayer's uh, 4.22 which is just a ridiculous number to begin yeah. with but it's, a, it, it's much higher than Christoph Julian's and Welsh's who are both sitting around one so mm-hmm. we want to be maybe looking at a player that's a bit more mobile so the main issue people might have with Ofri Arad is from the sources and from watching him last night he is only six foot tall, which is maybe not what everyone wants to hear from a centre back. But it's actually quite interesting. So that that I was trying to, as well as matching him up fire, it's kind of like matching up with what Welsh's main qualities are, which is his kind of mobility uh, to deal with players. He's maybe not great in the air or, or, or maybe on the ball as much, but he's very mobile and can cover a lot of ground. So Offrey Ara is the same as this, but the big difference with Offrey is he has a very good um, aerial. Uh, dual win rate uh, in the uh, in the mid seventies, which is so he's got seventy three point zero one percent aerial dual win rate uh, this season, which is the same, um, which is about the same as Chris. It's actually above Christoph Ayers by three percent, which is quite interesting considering he's only six foot tall. I think Welsh is even six foot three, and he's only he's at about seventy three uh, percent in that metric as well. So he's actually providing a really good aerial. Um, defensive jo- uh, defensive job for his actual um, maybe small demeanour. Um, yeah, well, I suppose one thing that you are looking for for Christopher Ayer and, and you point to it as the very first thing that stand, uh, jumps off the page for him is his ball progression out of the defence. I don't think there's a, a centre-back in that I've been watching anyway that carries the ball out as well as Christopher Ayer. At times he, he dribbles as far as the opposition box so you kind of do want someone who is has the ability to do that to to an extent you're obviously not going to get the same as Chris Fryer 
like a replica of him, but you, you need that. In terms of that aerial duels, does that take into account set pieces or is that just in general match play? That's just in general match play, so that's everything. So is there any sort of metric that you've been measuring in terms of even uh, Maccabee Haifa's uh, set piece, cons- uh, the amount of goals they've been conceded in that sense? or uh, No, I've not tracked that, but from what I've seen, they've only conceded, I think, 20 goals so far this season. So they're on track to be, that, that's quite generally a usual number for a dominant side. If they're dominating that much in the league, they're not going to concede many goals. I think the team in second place have only conceded one more goal than them. Um, but I've not looked at their, their specifics of how they're conceding goals. No, I've not. And he's he's 22 playing in the Israeli league. So generally, does I don't, I don't know, does Weisgott give you a, a valuation? But in terms of valuation, uh, he I, sounds like he would be within Celtic's price range, anyway. Yeah, so the, the Israeli league is not, the most coveted league in the world. I think um, when that tier system comes out, when if we do ever come into the Brexit problems, Israel isn't even on the six tiers. So getting these players after, if these Brexit rules ever comes in, is going to be completely impossible, in my opinion. Right. They're to, they don't get really any points at all. So this is the summer to do it if we're going to maybe raid the Israeli league one last time. Um, in terms of like record transfers, I mean, Soros quite high up on their uh, record transfers. They, there's not like a huge amount of money going around in the league. I think transfer market hasn't valued at about six, seven hundred thousand. So he's definitely well within our range. He's a player that's probably at Europa League level already. He's 22. Uh, you want to bring him in and develop. He's not an 18 or 19 year old coming in. He's a player with a, around 100 games at first team football with a dominant side like Celtic. So he's going to have that experience of needing to win every week, challenging for a league title, as well as all the, the previous skill set we went through. Uh, I also highlight that uh, also similar to Ayer, he has quite similar um, deep completions as Ayer. So that's maybe getting into that uh, final third and producing maybe, a, I think it's a, pa- a, a pass that isn't a cross that goes into the danger area within 20 yards of the box. So he's um, uh, producing 0.38 per 90, whereas Ayer 0.43 per 90. But if you look at Welsh, 0.09 per 90. So you're getting much more similar, maybe aggressive uh, passing data as well with, uh, with uh, added. So I, th- I think he would be a very good prospect. Uh, I don't know how comfortable I'd be if I'm coming in as the left-sided centre-back. I think this is a rare opportunity to maybe find that um, left-footed player. But if he's a player that can come in maybe behind Julian or cover Julian's space until he's back and play the left centre-back role, it's definitely the kind of player we should be looking at that's versatile across the back line. Yeah, he definitely sounds good and he's sort of um, left field as well and generally these players are good value for money if you if you do scout them correctly. In terms of the centre-mid position, so obviously Chris Fryer potentially could still be at the club next year, but one man that definitely won't be is Scott Brown. So we're going to need to fill that void. And considering our midfield at the minute, we, we have a lot of 10s, but not, not a lot more else. We will need a, an out-and-out centre defence midfielder. So you've highlighted someone that Celtic will be familiar with, and that's uh, Igor Carrington, the Frank Varos the, uh, midfielder. Yeah, so I- Igor Carrington's been having a, a really good season for Ferenbakos. Um, he'd, he'd actually only recently, I think he'd recently signed from Zoria, who I'm sure people might remember his Europa League form of recent years has been um, a wee bit more impressive than people might have expected, being quite a stubborn team to break down. And he's uh, definitely been part of it. He was definitely part of that, which is what earned him his move. Um, so at Ferenbakos, he's had a, a very good season. 
He's um, quite similar to Brown, like in, uh, things like defensive numbers, but it's um, much like what people maybe like about Sorrow. It's much more maybe his passing numbers where we maybe want to look at. Um, so he's on the ball about as much as Brown, Fenn and Bacos, much like Celtic. Uh, a dominant side. It's one of the kind of prerequisites I try and look at players that are in these dominant sides so they know that the pressure's on, you need to win every game. I always think that's quite an important aspect. People forget maybe coming into the, a pressure cooker like Celtic, you want these players to be used to needing to win every game. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first thing I'm going to note is, so when looking at this player, his heat map's quite interesting. Brown tends to cover quite a large area of the pitch, both the wide areas. Uh, Carrington uh, doesn't do this. He is very central. He's in front of that defence. He doesn't want to be drawn out into wide areas. He's covering that central area, and that's his main role. Um, we've seen the issues this season with uh, Brown maybe getting caught pressing, coming out into wide areas and leaving holes and behind it being exploited. Uh, well, I don't think this would be an issue uh, with uh, Carrington. As well as that, he's actually 26 years old. So when we're replacing Brown, we don't really need to be going for a prospect because the prospects there, Soros the prospect. He's the player you put in when we don't, uh, maybe against your Hamilton's or bottom six sides to develop him into the next uh, central defensive midfielder. But uh, Carrington, 26, Ukrainian international. He's, he's only got the two caps and they were quite recently. Uh, but it shows the level of team uh, player he has. He's got Champions League experience. He's got Europa League experience. So he's the kind of player that we want to be maybe looking at. I think at transfer market have him valued at 2.5 million. And it was, it, in my opinion, it'll probably cost maybe a bit more than that to maybe bring this type of player in. But for replacing what 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 would be described as the most important cog in our machine, it's maybe mm. a place where we should should be spending a bit more money. So. Yes, especially since that's the weakest part of our game as well. If we if we do want, I, I know I see I, I, the problem. With these is that there's a lot of changing going to happen, and we don't even know what the manager, who the manager is going to be, and what the style he is going to play. But if if we take this in the Celtic season. At the minute, it's our fullbacks are the issue because we don't have any cover in centre mid. Yeah, so it's really going to be a big job for the next manager coming in. This this rebuilds an, an insane task, and I hope the fans are very patient with whoever comes in because it could be very mm. rocky at the beginning, which is something I, I have been quite concerned that mm. no matter who the manager is, there's going to be a throwing uh, throwing them under the bus almost immediately. When I think it's pretty clear to everyone the task is almost impossible. Patience but, uh, but, is definitely not a trait that is well known for Celtic fans. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping. I, I think fans may give a bit more leniency, but the, these Champions League qualifiers are coming up in July. I think it's July 20th. We're going to be playing maybe a Galatasaray, a Rapid Vienna, even the uh, Sparta, Prague, uh, Sparta Prague, who put eight past us. So it's quite a, <laughs> it really is a daunting task uh, when you start actually looking at it. But um, these are the kind of players we need to be looking at. So, in terms of physical profile, Igor Carton's six foot two. That's uh, Celtic's one of Celtic's big issues this season. We're a very small team, mm. um, especially in comparison to the Scottish league. So, we've had some real difficulties um, and really uh, competing aerially. So, this would help even defensively. So, in aerial duels, he's winning more than Brown or Sorrow. He's in the sixties, where the other two are in the fifties. Uh, defensive dual win rate, he's higher than Brown from this season uh, as well. Um, he's blocking more shots per game. Um, he's got same around around about the same number of interceptions at five. So he's really a defensive-focused player that looks to uh, dictate play from deep. Um, so as, as well as that, I'd say he's a so he's actually he's he's got a lot of goals on his record as well, but he's their penalty taker. But he has actually got a few headers as well in there. So he's actually a threat in the box. 
in terms of progressive runs, he's kind of between Sorrow and Brown at uh, 1.33 per 90. Sorrow's up at 2 and Brown's at 0.92. So it's maybe finding that balance of a player that's going to sit there and let maybe McGregor and Turnbull do their business mm. uh, at the other ends of the park. Um, in terms of his passing, is he? are you getting the sort of idea that he is a win the ball back, give it to the nearest centre midfielder to do the job, or does he have many deep-lying progressive passes? So the thing is, that when, when I've watched him, he, he likes to kind of, when he is forward, he does like to kind of push the ball in behind to the striker. He's very good at kind of the clip ball in behind, which is maybe something Brown, what we've seen him do before, but he wasn't the best at it. Uh, I think, interestingly, his through passes per 90s uh, significantly higher. Through passes are generally something that lead to high XG chances. So I think he's 1.07 per 90. So he's doing about one a game, whereas Brown's about 0.6 per 90. Um, in terms of passes to the penalty box, similar to Brown. Uh, key passes per 90, similar to Brown. So he is much more your defensive-minded player, your physical um, hard man in the midfield. He's looking to win the ball back. Um, but I think based on how he plays positionally, he's very disciplined. He doesn't want to move away from where he is, which I think is very important for the next manager coming in. He's going to want someone to sit in that position and actually cover the centre backs because it's been uh, it really has been mapping your main issue this season. Um, I think was it, uh, the toxic combinations gets talked about uh, when you're on the the huddle podcast and things like that. Uh, I think having him in there will offer stability. He's going to be able to win the ball back. He's got he's got a good physical profile. He's good in the air. He's going to be able to get the ball uh, out to your McGregor, your Turnbulls, or whoever your wingers, or whoever your fullbacks will be. So I, I think he's um, got a great profile for Celtic. Uh, I do. And most importantly, if he does keep his position, then that avoids Conor, uh, Cal McGregor having to fill in for him and he can actually play his actual box-to-box role. Same with the defenders coming out and actually trying to fill different voids for different players out of position. If he's there, then he kind of does that himself. Moving forward then to the front man, Odson Edward, he's still at Celtic, but he's highly, highly doubtful that he'll still be at Celtic Park next year. And Albin Ejeti has proven that he can get goals, but is he the most reliable in terms of what he's adding? Apart from that, probably not. Patrick Lamala, you may as well forget about him being part of the squad in terms of his game time. And then Lee Griffiths, who is just not good enough for this standard at all. So we need a striker. Um, who are you looking at for this? Well, I'm looking at uh, Mohamed Bayo. So when I first actually bought Scout in the first day, that's, I clocked Bayo very quickly when looking through the data. Um, I, I do love looking through the French uh, League 2. I think it really is a breeding ground for top talent, as we've seen the years before. I think as well, especially in comparison analysis, it's been quite easy to compare. Is he good enough for Celtic? Because we've actually seen uh, well, the Kuhn Bayo is there so we can see a player that maybe we've judged not good enough for Celtic and compare him to Mohamed Bayo, who's, I mean, obviously he's performing a lot better in quite a lot of key areas, which is what we're looking for. So uh, Bayo has scored 17 goals this season, he's got four assists, and that's on 17.17 XG and 2.94 XA. So there's no overperformance there, which is always a good sign. That's one of the first things to always, uh, that I would always look for. So he's performing around the mean, which is what, uh, which is quite good. So uh, he's playing for Claremont Foot, who are currently second in the division. Uh, he's 22 and he will be turning 23 this year. Uh, he's six foot two, and he's uh, quite a he's quite a big built guy. He's got a good physical profile around him. I'd maybe compare him closer to maybe Dembele, 
mm-hmm. rather than Edward. I think Edward's quite a, quite a unique type of player that Celtic just aren't going to get hold of again. But going for a player who's more in the mould of Dembele, I think, is much more achievable in terms of what Celtic should be scouting for. So he's going to introduce a bit more of a physical profile to Celtic, which, again, much like Caraton, uh, something I've been looking at. I think it's, it has been an issue, uh, especially defensively, where a player like Bio could be defending that front post area and providing us a lot more cover there. I think we've had players like McGregor even doing it of late, which is madness. Um, uh, so in terms of how he scores goals, so obviously I watched every single goal he scored. So it's not what you would expect from a six foot two target man striker. Um, he has not scored any headers this season, which I find quite interested. But I think this might be more of a tactical thing from Clermont. Uh, they seem to focus very much on low crosses. I think you could maybe count up eight or nine goals that Bio scored that are coming from low crosses, finding space in between centre-backs, uh, getting space in the box and getting the ball in the back of the net. A lot of these goals are coming from very uh, quite central areas and inside the box. Um, not that many long shots, which is always good to see. Um, but I'd always say, like, comparing them to Edwards, so in the XG per 90, uh, that's Edwards at 0.74 and Bio's at 0.63. So obviously there's some gap there, but you'd expect that in terms of Edwards' ability. And where he's going to be going off to. Uh, interestingly, Bio though, so if we're, we're, we're wondering about can he step up? So in the season previous, he made his breakthrough season in the third division in France for Dunkirk, um, where he was um, producing quite similar numbers as he is now. Yeah, I think I've got them here. Yeah, I don't have them actually on me, but he was over 0.5 XG per 90 for Dunkirk uh, as well and got them promoted. So they're actually in the league um, with Claremont this season. Not doing as well, obviously, without him. But uh, the most interesting thing I found from watching his play there to now is just how much bigger he got. Like he's a he's a very big guy. He's a powerful runner. Uh, I think he'd be quite a difficult player to stop once he's got moving. He's got beyond you, so he can actually be coming on to crosses. Quite interesting, like for a six foot two striker as well. He's kind of like you. Kind of like what what I thought a jetty would be, the kind of Gary Hooper. He is in the box. He is. He is running across and trying to get crosses into the net. It's kind of maybe what you'd maybe call Edward's biggest weakness is he's not very good at anticipating maybe running onto the crosses and things like that. I can see them often uh, go by him or he cuts or he holds his run looking for cutbacks. But uh, Bio is um, looking to really get onto the end of the ball and get the ball in, nets, in the net. Uh, in terms of uh, some of the other data, so, look, so touches in the box per 90, very similar to Edward, around 4.8 per 90. Uh, key passes per 90 is 0.44 for Bio, 0.53 for Edward. Um, that's good numbers for the striker. If we can look at Vakun Bio, he's at 0.07 per 90 for Toulouse. Mm. So it's quite a big quality difference on the ball. So the Clermont are playing 4-2-3-1 with Bio as a target man, essentially. But he's not really playing as a, tar- a traditional target man. He's getting the ball and holding it up. But if you look at his heat map, He's actually covering a huge swat, a huge area on the park. He's coming right, he's coming left to try to get the ball, bring other players into play, and then run off players. So he's actually quite an interesting player to watch. He's a lot more di- his physical profile doesn't really just <laughs> just violate how good he is at other things in his game. I think the I've highlighted um, the loss index uh, here, which is quite interesting. So loss index is the amount of times you lose the ball uh, divided by I think. Uh, successful attacking actions like dribbles, crosses, shots. So you want that number to be as low as possible. So Edward and uh, Mohamed Bayo have around. So Edward's at 2.37, Bayo's 2.84, but uh, Vakun Bayo 5.04. So he's maybe losing the ball a lot more and 
not doing as many things successfully. So I think that's quite a good indication for the level of player um, Hamid Bayal is. Uh, he's uh, probably not, he might be around about the same age as Edward, but obviously he's a bit younger in development stage just due to where he is in his career. Um, I think also quite interestingly is passes to the penalty area uh, for 90. Edward's at 2.13. We know he comes out um, deep quite a lot, collects the ball. Um, Mohamed Bayal's around 1.4. So he's also doing this kind of similar role, probably maybe with less um, quality players around him. And yeah. Vakun Bayo in the same league is at 0.64. So I'm getting all the kind of right signals. He's kind of in the ballpark of a similar type of player. Maybe not as technically gifted as Edward, but I think that's difficult. But I think he's a player, if you're maybe looking to try and find the next uh, Musa Dembele, he's a player I'd definitely be looking at. Next Musa Dembele, that sounds good to me. Um, in in terms of his dribbling ability, I know you, you went through that index, but in terms of like the actual game by game data, is he as good a dribbler as Edward from that, do you think? So, uh, no one's no one Celtic can feasibly get, I think, is going to be as good a dribbler as Edward, but the data is quite good. So, Edward's um, completing six, is attempting 6.43 dribbles per 90 with a 43% success rate. Uh, Mohamed Bayo is attempting 3.5 dribbles per 90. So he's not as a- attempting as many dribbles, uh, but he does have a higher success rate at than the Edward at around 45%. Uh, we can see the issues like this lack of dribbling has with Bakun Bayo. He's, he's only attempting 1.91 dribbles, so you're way down at the other end of the spectrum. So I think he is very good in the ball, and I think he uses his uh, physique and powerful running to try and um, make his dribbling more effective. Uh, whether he's... Te- I don't think he's going to be ever anywhere near as technically good as Edward, which maybe not what people want to hear. But um, when I try and do these, I'm trying to be realistic on can we feasibly afford them? Can would they want to come to Celtic? Is it a step up for them? Um, and I'm getting that another player like Edward. I mean, we got him after Dembele, which was maybe absolutely ridiculous luck. Maybe you could call it a good scouting at the time. But we've got to be looking for a player we can develop into these players more often than not. Mm-hmm. I think we've been unfortunate. We signed. Ajeti, um, who, in my opinion, had a decent profile. Maybe it wasn't, uh, who knows, with the coaching, the training, what, what he's been asked to do. Is it suit, suit him? Um, did he actually suit being in a partnership with Edward? Uh, there, there was a lot of questions around him. And if he sh- and maybe next season he's going to come good. Who knows? But we need to get more of a guarantee in. And I think Mohamed Bayo gives us more of a guarantee of goals uh, than Ajeti does at the moment. Yeah, and I th- yeah, that, that that's the caveat for all of the Celtic squad at the minute is that this year has been such a shit show that you really want to hold your judgment on some players until next season, until we see who's in charge, until we see what proper coaching does. So before we finish up then, that's Igor Carton, Mohamed Bayo and Ofri Arad are the three people you think could be decent enough signings. And again, this is basically you judging, seeing their data and judging it, it's not. It's definitely not a guarantee that these guys, if Celtic signed them, would be instant successes. Uh, no, no, I don't, don't want the, the mobs coming after me if we did sign them and they weren't. But no, looking at the data, I'm trying to profile players maybe we, we can feasibly get. So players we can feasibly get are, could be hit or miss. They could be people like Sorrow who, who are showing good data and maybe a lower league uh, and could step up and trying to give some evidence that they have stepped up before, so why not do it again? Uh, th- things like that just trying to profile players that I think we could sign rather than profiling players that we're just got no chance of signing or they're costing 10 million pounds because that's just not realistic mm-hmm. I, I would say that everybody who's listening to this and watching it 
knows what your page is called anyway, but for those who don't, what is your page called and what do you do on it? Uh, yeah, so my name is Ross Goodwin. I run the Boys Analytics account. So uh, check out on Twitter, uh, give it a follow, and you can have a read through any of the scouting reports or maybe manager profiles I've done over the past few months. And uh, I hope you enjoy the content. Uh, thanks stuff. again for having me on, Ender. Cheers, Ross. Chat to you later. Appreciate it. works overtime all summer so be sure to replace your old air filters with new filtry air filters they recommend updating hvac filters at least every three months all year round so order your filtry air filters today at filtry.com let's clear the air buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters 
Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.